Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, and welcome to the next episode of Bibliostapes in Discussion. Uh, today, I've got the great pleasure of being joined by Michaela Griffith. Good evening, Michaela. How are you? I'm good, Ewan. Thank you. So many of you will know Michaela. She's uh, from the Peak District, if I'm correct in thinking, um, works uh, largely with the water and she's also well known for conducting many of the interviews on on landscape and um, so if you wouldn't mind maybe just a quick introduction about yourself and some of your work uh, for those who aren't aware of it. Sure Thank, thanks you and hello everybody. Um, I suppose I'd probably now describe myself as a photographic artist um, that's perhaps changed a little bit over the years um, and as Ewan says yeah I, I'm also a contributor contributor to On Landscape. Um, photography is my medium and it has been for a very long time, dating back to my teens. Um, but the images that I've been making over the last eight years are perhaps not always immediately recognisable as photographs, despite the fact that they are still largely created in camera. As Ewan said, uh, water is my thing, um, frequently in an abstract form along with working locally and returning to the same place, um, which is the River Dove, about two miles from my home in the Peak District. Um, I stopped there about eight years ago and everything for me changed at that point, um, very much from photographing in a vein influenced by what I've seen others do to something that was much more personal um, and much more, um, I suppose, drawing from within and um, we all learn at some point that as they say the camera looks both ways. Um, I've described the river as being my conduit um, and eight years on it keeps introducing me to new ways to look at water, new ways of seeing and this year during lockdown uh, as well as returning to making handmade books I've um, picked up a paintbrush with intent for the first time in over 30 years, dare I say it. Um, so that's also very much back in the mix. And at the moment I'm um, enjoying trying to see if I can actually reconcile the two or even all three. Very good, sounds uh, sounds particularly interesting. And I, I think lockdown's probably given many people the opportunity to uh, rekindle previous uh, love affairs with uh, certain arts. Um, so today we're going to talk about uh, your recent handmade book or one of them, which uh, is The Reflecting Pool, albeit I think this was actually, um, the original one was made back in 2016 when you did a workshop with uh, John Blakemore and Joe Wright. I think that's right. Yep. Yeah. Um, yes, I was fortunate to attend one of the courses and have the pleasure of um, seeing both of their books firsthand um, and learning some of the skills involved. Um, so, yes, it was a, a first concertina book and um, started during the workshop um, with their help and inputs in relation to the sequencing of the images. Um, that me being me, um, I didn't really want to rush and complete it over the weekend. Um, I'm, I'm one of those sort of careful... Take your time, yeah. Yeah. Um, and at the time, I wasn't exactly happy with the gluing bit, although I've, I've got rather more comfortable with that now. Um, so, yes, it, it was a product from that, um, using a set of images that I'd made during a short stay in North Yorkshire, um, 
or something found in the back of a, a scrappy bit of birch woodland yeah. uh, with a seasonal pool um, on a blue sky day. And really slightly unusually for me, looking at in-camera multiple exposures ra rather than usually I'm working with varying shutter speeds and looking at moving water rather than still water. Um, but it was a good way to get past the messiness of the pool and all the detritus that, that were lying yes. in it. Um, Reimagine the woodland perhaps in a, in a slightly different way. Yeah, it's it's a. I have to say, I'm very fortunate to own one of the one of the editions, um, and it really is a, a beautiful book. Um, and I can imagine it must have been quite an experience learning uh, learning some of the skills with Joe and with John on the workshop in terms of uh, obviously taking what I would imagine would be a bigger body of work and then creating the sequence from it from the original um, work that you did in the workshop. Did the sequence remain the same to what is now presented or have you made some tweaks and adjustments over the time? I, I haven't, no, it, it is the same as, as the one um, made back, back in 2016. I, I was conscious that having shared a video of it, yes. um, that the requests I had for copies, you know, were in the light of people seeing that video. Yeah. So even down to the cover, I, I did a faithful um, representation that um yeah I, I suppose inevitably yeah otherwise perhaps one might do something slightly differently but um i, I somebody i used to work for always had is his mantra clients don't like surprises <laughs> yes it, yeah so, yeah you're you're quite you're quite correct everyone likes to likes to know what the what they're going yeah. to be getting but um but oh yeah, it's it's it really is a beautiful, beautiful collection of images, um, and the sequencing works very, very well through it. And I love the last image at the end, which I think you've just stepped back from it, and you begin to actually see what the yeah. wider, the wider subject matter is, and yeah. you go from being very close and intimate, and as you say, it's very focused on on the subject matter to it's like a beautiful reveal at the end of, of yeah. what the, the previous 16 images have, have all been about. Um, that, that was quite important to me and, and that was something that I wanted from the outset that I wanted to say a little bit about the context yeah. but I didn't want to put it at the front whereas normally you do an introduction yes. and set the scene and what I wanted to do was to let people look at the images and really experience them and see what they wanted to see in them yes. rather than suddenly being shown a pool in a little bit of woodland and, and knowing that's what it was about so that that was a conscious decision yeah i think i think it works very very well as you see it's you 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 get your own imagination you think for yourself what the images are actually about mm. um, and the context in which they're set and then at the end it's a, just a beautiful image that's kind of snuck in there that just reveals the reveals the setting and reveals the landscape from which all these all these images have been captured. And mm. um, so, are there any particular images within the the sequence that uh, your particular particular favourites of yours, or um, do they all hold the same the, the same meaning for you? I think it was very much something that I always saw as a series um, rather than having um, sort of solo images. But having said that, yes, th there were some that I picked out um, to do limited edition prints 
of. Um, unfortunately, they don't have individual names. <laughs> so um, I, I, I'll probably, I might even have to look at them. Boringly, they're all called the reflecting curve, and then they've literally got a number on, which is the final number, because yeah. I, li I like titles, and usually I'm fine with them, but I have to say that this one really would have... Pushed, it would, yeah, pushed you to your limit, yes. Yeah. So um, that image there is uh, oh, yeah. one of those that um, I suppose perhaps was slightly more identifiable as a bird. Uh, yeah. But it's been quite interesting, even though obviously the colour is the sky reflected in the water. A lot of people have looked at that and thought it was um, winter in a woodland. Yeah. Um, one or two little specks on it um, that come from dust floating on the surface of the pool, slightly defocused. And I think they saw that as snow. Um, and then if I go further back, um, that image there again was one that, that perhaps just hints a little bit more yes. of the contrast between the light from the sun. Because, um, of course, I'm shooting in uh, far from perfect photographic conditions of blue sky and sunshine, yeah. sort of early afternoon. Um, and just down at the bottom, there are one or two hints of, um, you know, detritus and branches on and under the water. Um, but I suppose the appeal for me overall is, well, one, is trees, which, you know, set into water is, is one of my big loves. Um, yeah. And just the fact that it... it it did out of camera have this fairly distinct and you know almost at times purplish blue color palette yeah. Um, and yeah it was just three afternoons going back to, to the same bit of woodland and just nice to escape and forget about everything else that was going on at the time absolutely sometimes that sometimes that's the best way so i'd like to move on and talk about um the actual the, the tactile elements of the oh. book because um, certainly I, I get various messages and questions and I know there's a lot of people who potentially have interest in making their own handmade oh. books and um, I know a lot of people as well have been on courses and then they bring out their next handmade book three or four years after said course and um, but I, I, th I think it's I think it's always interesting because when you make your own handmade book you at that point have total control over the paper types you choose, the format, the size, how you want to make it. Um, and it opens up a whole new can of worms in terms of the options that are available to you. So I'd just be interested to hear your thoughts in terms of how you went about selecting the paper types. What made you pick the particular size and the concertina book? Obviously, you did the element in a workshop. Um, and just really to understand your thought process behind behind the actual physical mm -hmm. elements. And, and did you try out different paper types to see how your image react, how the, the images reacted to it? And did, did you think about different sizes or, or did were you quite set on the scale that you've mm -hmm. selected, which I think works beautifully well? Yeah, um, as, as you say, lots and lots of choices, which um, are either good or bad if you're a perfectionist stroke control freak. So I can relate to what Rachel said last time. It's a fine line. Between it's o OCD is, it's the perfect yeah, thing for it. Yeah, um, yeah in, in terms of size, um, that that was the size that we were encouraged to make at the workshop. Yeah. Um, John uh, did go through two different types of book. 
but I think the, the concertina appealed for me and it's I think visually a very effective type of book although yes. still relatively simple to make but I like the fact that you can view it as a conventional book in terms of a pair of pages at a time but yes. also got the room you can open it out and then you've got the option to look at the sequencing of the image as a yeah. whole um, obviously ahead of the workshop we were given the materials list um, so for the cover um, because I was working with blues I, I wanted something that, that was relatively neutral um, the little inset on it is something that I know with some, I've done with some of the books I made this year and people said, oh, how did you do that? And that, that, I have to say, is Joseph Wright. Yeah. Thank you, thank you for that, because that was something he, he showed us how to do. Um, the paper inside for the first book was, was um, just a, a, an inkjet quality cartridge paper, which I... Yeah. had had hopes of being able to print images onto um but i found that this there's obviously something funny in terms of the coating because the the colors just don't work on it so i ended up having to um print them all off on the photo animal photo rifle which i normally use trim them all up nicely for the workshop with a white border and one of the first things john blakemore made me do was trim all the white borders, borders off, off. <laughs> in order to be able to sequence them, which I fully understand, but yeah. obviously you don't always initially appreciate that. So for that one, um, the images were stuck into the book. Yeah. Although when I came back home, um, again, the slight OCD side of it, um, I did actually reprint the pages with the text because that was, you know, that was just a touch too far for me. Um, so the, the size and the format, uh, as we've talked about, pretty, pretty much similar yep. um, for the edition that I've produced this time around. The one thing I did do was um, I did go ahead and actually set it up fully as a template to have printed pages. Yeah. Um, I'd been in two minds about doing that, um, but I figured as soon as... I didn't know that I was going to end up making four copies pretty much at the same time. Yeah. But as soon as the idea that there was one, two, and there might be more, it seemed to be a good use of time, really, and yeah. a simple thing to do. Um, so that makes it a little bit more fiddly in terms of the trimming and the folding. Yeah. Um, but but um, was there anything else that I should have covered there? Because I know you threw quite a few things at me. There was, yeah, there was. Uh, there, there'll probably be something that does come back to me. Well, in terms of, in ter yeah, in terms of, I suppose the paper choice. Did you yeah. did you try out different paper? Obviously, for the, this edition that you've made, were yeah. you using the same paper, or did you try out no, some new no. new papers? Um, by by then, um, I've, I keep collecting papers again, as we all do. And um, I went with a, a Bockingford inkjet watercolour, yeah. which I think um, it was shown a grant who, who mentioned that a while back as being quite good. And I do find it is good good to print on. It's um, 190 grams, so it folds quite nicely. Yeah. Um, and you can get it in A3 plus sheets. So it worked out quite well in terms of, um, I think I could get three pairs of pages on a sheet. Yeah, it's quite quite good efficient use of space as opposed to printing something out and you end up having to scrap 
um, mm. strap the majority of it. And I'd just be interested to get your views. I've uh, quite a few years ago as well, I actually participated in one of Joe Wright's uh, workshops as well. I drove from Glasgow down to Swindon for it because it was the only one that was close by. Um, but I've, I found it a thoroughly enjoyable experience and particularly the sequencing elements of it. Mm. I think it, until you actually begin to sequence your own images or really take a good look at it and get the input of others. I think it's, it's a very interesting process to go through. But in terms of the workshop itself, did you have you found that did you find that it was really very beneficial to get in kind of like a foot and a bit of an understanding in making handmade books or? Yeah, I did. I mean, I, after I came back from it, I, I can't remember exactly what point I, I did twig that a lot of the content you can find on YouTube and yeah. some very good videos on there. But I think it's a nice way to start it. And I was quite fortunate earlier this year that one of my things for lockdown um, had always been and I wanted to make another book. And uh, it was around the time that um, Lizzie Shepherd and Alexander Hare, Hare yeah. um, started offering their online workshops. And I missed the first couple of runs, but um, I said to Lizzie I was interested because I just thought you know yeah I can go back and look at what I did or I, I can look at things on YouTube but for me it was a really nice way of getting back into yes. the groove of making a book and again yes the sequencing um, but I think it's always enjoyable it gives you working with other people a totally different way of looking at your images it's very often easier to look at how to sequence somebody else's images because you lose that sort of very personal um yeah the connection have on your own work yeah. um so that 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 worked very well for me and yeah I, i'd certainly recommend this i you know whoever you choose um you know i think it's and it's again it's, it's community isn't it i have to say i'm i'm, I'm slightly strange you know a lot of it came down to at the time, all these wonderful light and land courses first started happening, I didn't feel I had the money to go on them. Um, and actually, the John Blakemore, Joseph Wright workshop was the first workshop I ever went on. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, but no, they are good in terms of getting to know other people and just a nice atmosphere. Yeah. Uh, very non-judgmental and uh, supportive. Yeah, I've done a few as well as doing Joe Wright's. There's a professional bookbinders in Glasgow that runs mm. workshops. They're not photography related, yeah. um, but the the selection of workshops they offer in which you can make books, boxes, everything like that is is yeah. really quite in, incredible. Yeah, bo and, boxes are another story. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You, well, the one of the boxes I made for this, a a, tree, a tree, uh, set of books that I did. It took me three evenings to make this box. Mm -hmm. The bookbinders make it in twenty-six minutes, <sighs> but they are making they are making products and and recovering for Houses of Parliament, British mm -hmm. uh, British uh, Library, etc. So they're yeah. used to doing it. But again, it's to see. Um, it's quite fascinating when you see people who are doing it professionally. Because the their master bookbinder, who I think's been doing it for thirty years, you're you're working away thinking you're doing it right, and he's mm. spotted a mistake that you're going to make in five minutes' time because of what you're of what you're mm. doing at the moment. And I enjoy, even though they're not photography related, I enjoy going along to them because it's it's like it allows me to refresh techniques and 
keep keep processes fresh in my mind that uh, yeah. I, I will maybe use or I can take along ideas that I've got for my own stuff and they can tell me how ludicrously hard that will be or actually this is the way to this is the easiest way to do it particularly when it comes to boxes because yeah that's another whole OCD level mm. entirely mm. when particularly when I you can Talk to Marianne about that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, particularly when I've cut, I've cut it too small, often enough, or too big, and then it's just like a jigsaw piece inside. But, um, but that is part. It's all part of the fun. I find it very therapeutic, just working away, and um, it maybe takes me far longer than it should. And I've not really made any books for quite some yeah. time. But um, it's also for me, I find it really inspiring when you see the likes of yourselves and Shona and Marianne. And you see the the quality and the, the the new ideas for making the books, um, because it does when you, when you enjoy making something yourself, it's it's fascinating to see the work that other people are coming up with and shown as very very experimental as well. Yeah. Some of her designs, yeah. you look at and you think, right, that's just gone straight over my head. There, I'm sure yeah. there's a way in which she's done it, but um, I'll leave that for another. Yeah. I'll, I'll leave that for another day. I think. Yeah. I, th I think as well, you know, it's easy for people to, to see the outputs and it's just like with a photograph, by and large, people show the ones that work. Yeah. And it's easy for people to, to feel daunted at the idea of producing something like that. But again, as with making an image, we all learn far more if we get it wrong and by the things that don't work than if we get it right first time. And um you know have a go if it might be for you it might not be but you, you'll never know unless you try it that's it and, and as you say it's great with the likes of lizzie and alex offering online courses and there's others who are doing who are doing the same as well because it, it lets you make uh i wouldn't class it simple but a, a nice easy relatively easy structure of the concertina book to make in your own home and it gives you a good indication of if it's something that's going to be up your street because it's not necessarily for everyone. Um, albeit, I think it's a great way to introduce people to to making their own books of their own work, even if it's just yeah. to sit down and be able to enjoy it as opposed to flicking through your images on a screen. Mm -hmm. And other types of book you make as well, obviously. Absolutely. Yeah, um, I've done a couple of star bound ones. Um, I suppose I mentioned uh, slightly uneasy relationship with glue that probably pushed me in that direction slightly um yeah. and yeah lots of different ways of doing it and i think the more you you look you know particularly if you look on things like pinterest artist books they they have all forms all shapes all sizes and they're not all complicated as well so some of them are yeah. the most effective ones are actually very simple yeah yeah and it's all, it's also about the content that you put inside it as well that's the that's the other thing so moving moving on to uh moving on to books in general um i like to ask uh, everyone so far who I've, uh, who I've had a discussion with what are a selection of your favorite books these can be ones that you just enjoy looking at or maybe ones that you take inspiration from in your work or when you're making your own your own books yourself so um, I'm happy to listen to as many as many suggestions as you've got, as long as it doesn't cost me a lot of money. Well, you've got you've got some of them, I think. Um, uh, yeah, where to start? Well, I, I, I won't break the pattern. Um, obviously, I've got to mention Paul Kenny Seaworks. Yeah, as is everyone um, else. Yeah, um, pro probably if I could only have one book on my bookshelves, it would be that one. Right. Um, in terms of photo books. I 
I bought well as soon as that came out, I knew I wanted it, so so pre-ordered it um, from Triple Kite at the time. Never regretted getting it. I think his work is inspirational. Yeah. Um, in terms of the imagination as well as the process, um, and yeah. I was fortunate to go and see um, the exhibition Masters of the Vision at. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to get this wrong, aren't I? Southwell. Um, a few years back, when was it? About five years ago, and yeah. you know they were prints by Jack Lowe and. I wanted to, the two reasons I wanted to go to that exhibition were Paul and Valder, um, both yeah. of whose work is very much to my taste. And but yeah, it was I love both their prints, but just seeing what Jack Lowe did with them in terms of they almost sang, you know, the the, the life and the size and the color and the quality of them it was truly spectacular. Um, so yeah, so that's one of them. Um, a couple, I suppose, I could say, I'll just mention very briefly in relation to different ways of looking at photography yeah. um, and reading about photography. Um, and these are mostly ones that have come from beyond words at some time. Um, the Edge of Vision, which is about the rise of abstraction in photography. Um, right. I got a couple of years ago and that's very interesting to read. Uh, as I mentioned, abstract is my thing. Yep. Uh, Shadow Catchers by Martin Barnes, cameraless photography. And um, that has work in by, amongst other people, um, Susan Dirges, whose work again, obviously largely involves water. Yes. And is very much to my liking. And then it's got, um, I think, yeah, a little bit about, about the history. And then obviously it's got Gary Fabian Miller and a couple of other three three other photographers. So, so that's quite a nice one. Yeah. Um, just in terms of different ways of producing images. Um, and then last year I had a little bit of a splurge. I mean, usually we're all quite careful about how much we spend on, on photo books, and I decided to treat myself. Um, so this is actually the only racks book I've got. But the glacier, yeah, I was very yeah. glad to have bought that. Uh, and then again, even, even when I was shooting uh, conventional landscapes, um, you know, and reading books by Joe Cornish and David Ward, amongst others, it was, even with Joe, it was very much the intimate landscapes. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, I'm not going to be able to hold that up, but just the diversity of the yes. Yeah. And in that, they're all black and white, but yeah. very, very impressive. Yeah. So that's one. Um, something slightly more colourful, nearly well, even bigger, actually. Um, Megan Riepenhoff, uh, Literal Drift. Right. And Ecotone is a rather nice back-to-back book um, using the cyanotype process, and obviously that's been something that that's increased yeah i would um, say not, notably increased in popularity it has indeed and these are variously either um images oh, beautiful um exposed at the shoreline yeah and the second half of it that's quite some book it is it's, yes it's not the lightest one um 
I can find a sensible image. Are created by putting the, the paper over various trees and branches and it's yeah. rain. Very nice, yeah. Results. So, uh, so that is a lovely book. And then um, a couple of books by um, Abelardo Morel, um, who I was fortunate enough to interview for on Landscape a while back. Um, the first one I bought was Flowers for Lisa, which all came about from uh, a bunch of flowers that he bought for his wife on her birthday, and a nice symmetry. I made my husband buy me that for my birthday. <laughs> but he then went on basically to have a whole project of images of um, flowers and arrangements in various forms. Yeah. I think the thing for that is while they're not necessarily landscape photographs, yeah. it's the sheer invention and imagination in terms of d different ways of seeing things, whether they're um, there's paint involved or there's sort of Photoshop involved. In, yes. In yeah. Um, so that I got a couple of years ago. And then last year, there was a limited edition brought out called Tent Camera. And one right. of the things he's best known for is um, the camera obscure process, which initially he did within um, buildings, but then actually constructed effectively a, a geodesic tent with a periscope to go out and particularly to shoot in the American national parks combining some of the iconic views with the texture and the colour and the materials on the ground. Oh, right. Mm. Those well, really are. Yeah, but for me, nice. there's something on impressionistic about them. Um, so that's... I don't know if I can find... This, oh, yeah. this isn't going to work terribly good on no, the book, but, but yeah. um, they, they are quite quite fascinating, uh, along with obviously the idea of somebody actually having a photographic team that goes out with them and assists yes. with all these things. So Yeah, very. Um, but that, that's a, another favourite. Um, and I'm either fortunate or unfortunate in having both a birthday late in the year and Christmas. So I think books might just be on my list again this year. I don't know what yet. Yes. Um, but yeah. There's 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 never a shortage of books and there seems to be more and more coming out uh, coming out these days all the time um, and yeah you have a list of what might be appealing then all of a sudden you're getting ready to mm. buy something and all of a sudden something comes in from the the side and you think oh that looks quite nice I must uh, must have a wee look at that and it's a it's a challenge. Well, yeah. You're going to have quite a lot to answer for it, really, aren't you? Once we've all got through your digital library and worked out if any of them are still available, what we haven't got or what we particularly like. Yeah, well, that that's yeah, there, that's very true. Um, there's certainly certainly plenty or more plenty more to be added to it as well. But uh, but yeah, it's 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 a mixture as well as as much as it's. I enjoy collecting uh, books, I suppose, by maybe some of the more well-known names. I still very much enjoy buying uh, the smaller zines and supporting mm -hmm. photographers who are, who are doing their own work. And I would say lockdown's maybe been somewhat difficult because there have been so many people who have been bringing out uh, small yeah. runs. And uh, to be honest, it's just so hard to keep up with who's bringing out what at which point. And a lot of it really does rely at some point on uh, being able to catch a, 
tweet or something on Instagram and you maybe strike it lucky and then um, some books that I find it's I bought one recently and the only place I could find it was a very strange shop in Japan and I had to navigate it and use I think it was Google Translate all the way but amazingly I managed to manage to order it so um, it's uh, but no it's it's, it's always very interesting and what is it always good is that what appeals to one person doesn't necessarily appeal to the other and uh, from speaking to yourself and from speaking to everyone else as well you begin to get ideas for other photographers and other artists mm-hmm. whose mm-hmm. books I don't necessarily have but I'll certainly enjoy researching their work and um, I don't I suspect some of the books you've mentioned there are probably not necessarily still available to buy but at least it allows me to keep an eye out for any future yeah. works that they're maybe likely to do um, and then... Yeah, you're, you're right about the small ones. I've just got um, a, a couple from another place, Press, um, yeah. Amanda Harmon and Tessa Bunny. And uh, in fact, if I can just whiz yep. and get it, literally sure. next. Um, Simon Ashmore, I Am Not the Rain. Thought that deserved a merit as well. Uh, yep. One of Kozu's. Yes. Um, I think it's a a breathtaking body of work, and obviously, you know, the things that I can see in it that relate to what I do in terms of the the caustics and and the movements and patterns you get from those. Um, but yeah, add that one to the list as well if I can believe. Yes, that's it. Yeah, the island discs is it? Because I'd only be allowed one thing. But yeah, there there are so many, and I, I love the work that the likes of Kozu are doing, and another place press, mm. um, and then there's so many others such as Brown Owl Press, ADM Publishing, and things like that who have managed to pick up wee small series of and stuff like that, mm. and it just it it's given exposure to people who otherwise may never get exposure for their work um, mm-hmm. small runs maybe 30 40 50 books um, which I think is harder to sell than some people might envisage um, mm-hmm. but yeah it's it's great with the ability to self-publish now as well and um, I think it really opens up opportunities for people to get their work um, mm-hmm. out into the public hands but on that note, I would like to say thank you very much for uh, for welcome. your time this evening. Yeah. It was a pleasure ch- chatting to you, um, and I look forward to seeing your uh, your next yeah. edition of Handmade Books. Well, it, yeah, I suppose I suppose I ought to try and wrap up with a shameless plug and say there is one copy of the Reflecting Pool that I've just finished making. If anybody's interested, and all the details are on the website, so. and I, I can highly recommend it because it is a beautiful yeah. a beautiful publication. Um, and we definitely fit very well on anyone's uh, bookshelf. So thank you very much, Michaela. Lovely to chat to you. Okay, thank you. Thanks.